Chapter Two of Bird's Eye Views of Far Lands. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bird's Eye Views of Far Lands by James T. Nichols. Chapter Two: The Pearl of the Orient, Philippines. Of all the islands in the eastern seas none are more interesting than our own philippines like the genuine pearl which is the result of a bruise and the outcome of suffering these pearls of the far east are said by geologists to be the result of great volcanic forces that tore them away from the continent and set them out six hundred miles as gems in the ocean more than three thousand there are of these islands altogether and their combined area is nearly equal to that of japan or california i visited the philippines a short time before the world war broke out and at that time there were seven million acres of arable land unoccupied and some of it could be entered and purchased for ten cents an acre this is a land where the storms of winter never blow but where from month to month and age to age there is good old summertime. Children are born, grow to manhood, old age, and die without ever seeing fire to keep them warm, for they never need it. A range of twenty degrees is about all that the spirits in the thermometer ever show, for the minimum is seventy-two and the maximum ninety-two degrees. While the nights are cool and the days warm, yet a case of sunstroke was never known, and but once in a generation has a hundred in the shade been recorded. About the most unpleasant feature is the little tiny ants. They find their way into everything. Table legs must be placed in jars of water, and yet they find their way to the top of the tables. Then there is dampness everywhere. Books soon become mildewed or unglued, and the finest library will soon have the appearance of a second-hand bookshop. Almost all kinds of tropical fruits can be raised in the Philippines. I drove out from Manila to the home of Mr. Leone, who is a regular Burbank. He located on some of the worst soil to be found, and undertook to demonstrate that anything that will grow on any spot on the earth will grow there, and he practically succeeded. He has sent to India, California, Egypt, and nearly everywhere for the rarest orchids and the most delicate plants. To eat the fruits of every kind of tree, and hear him tell the story of plants and shrubs and trees in his Garden of Eden, is an experience one cannot forget. The story of how these islands came into our possession is still fresh and vivid in the memory of thousands spanish cruelty had reached the climax and admiral dewey was commanded to quote, find the spanish fleet and sink it to the bottom of the sea Close quote. as the great ship upon which i went into and out of this harbor ploughed the waves i lived over again that marvelous may day in eighteen ninety eight it was one of the great days in our history. As the fleet entered the harbor, word came to the flagship 
that they were entering a territory covered with submarine mines yet admiral dewey signalled steam ahead a little later word came that they were in direct range of the guns at the fort and once more the admiral signalled steam ahead still later word came that they were entering the most dangerous mine-infested district of all and were liable any instant to be blown to atoms and once more the fearless admiral signalled steam ahead the result was that the long dark night of spanish rule was ended and a new era was ushered in the transformation brought about since that memorable day is almost unbelievable the whole country has been revolutionized railroads and macadamized roads have been built with steel and concrete bridges and where it used to be almost impassable it is now a pleasure to travel schools and colleges have been established a bureau of labor has averted many strikes a constabulary force of nearly five thousand men has done wonders in suppressing brigandage bringing the savage tribes into subjection and preserving the peace in general this force is somewhat similar to the mounted police system of saskatchewan in canada and is a terror to evildoers the bureau of health has transformed the city of manila from a fever-infested hotbed of contagious diseases to one of the most healthful cities on the globe six thousand lepers have been collected and established in a colony on an island the number of cases of smallpox has been reduced from forty thousand to a few hundred per year cholera which used to sweep away tens of thousands is almost unknown with a dozen or more great hospitals and more than three hundred boards of health great things have been accomplished i was much interested in the report of francis burton harrison who was a recent governor-general of the philippines who said quote, during the war this race of people was intensely and devotedly loyal to the cause of the united states it raised a division of filipino volunteers for federal service and presented destroyers and a submarine to the united states navy it oversubscribed its quota in liberty bonds and gave generously to red cross and other war work america was criticized and even ridiculed for her altruism in dealing with this problem the idea of training tropical people for independence was thought to be idealistic and impracticable the result was quite the contrary once more idealism has been shown to be the moving force in working out the destinies of nations that is what america has done to the philippines says one authority quote, if the city of manila could by some genius of modern times be laid down in europe and ticketed labeled bill-posted and guide-booked it would be famous Close quote. the city contains an area of more than fifteen square miles and is more densely populated per mile of street than new york when the civil government was established in nineteen o one the conditions were deplorable the streets were narrow and filthy and there was no sewer system to speak of 
the river and dirty canals divided and subdivided the city there was practically no water system and disease and death lurked in almost every shadow now the city is fast becoming one of the world's great cities and one of the most healthful cities on the globe the streets have been widened many of them and are kept clean a water system brings pure water to almost every household and a great sewer system takes away the filth the manila hotel is worth a million and a park or square on the waterfront covers hundreds of acres of ground the great y m c a buildings were thronged as in no other city the writer ever visited the fire department is up to date the police system well organized and even in the great bilibid prison the reforms introduced are second to none in any prison this prison covers seventeen acres of ground making it one of the largest in the world many of its fifty buildings are built around a circle and in the tower at the center watchmen who can see the entire prison stand night and day through the kindness of the officials the writer was allowed to go into this tower one afternoon as the five thousand prisoners came from the shops formed into companies and went through a thirty-minute drill the band played throughout and as the men were formed into companies we from the tower could see each individual company although they were hidden from each other the great body of men moved like the wheels of a great clock they stood knelt touched hands lay down arose walked and exercised keeping time with the music in a way that was wonderful to behold cells for prisoners have long since been done away they mingle in companies in large sunny clean dormitories where they visit read and sing in the heart of manila there remains quote, all that is mortal close quote, of one of the most interesting spots in the eastern world it is the old old capital city and its story is the story of the philippines the old walls of this inner city were built some four hundred years ago and could they speak the whole world would listen with amazement and horror there were seven gates in this old wall and they were closed and opened by means of gigantic windlasses then too the story of the old fort santiago almost rivals that of the tower of london here we found when we took it mysterious underground passages storerooms and magazines dark and hidden chambers some of which were nearly half filled with skeletons the stories that center around this old fort make one shudder to hear them possibly they are exaggerated but there are many today who believe them as an example we are told that a woman had been walled up in a cell with only a small opening through which food was shoved in the day her baby was born and when the americans came they found her and her sixteen-year-old child in this dark room the child had never had even a glimpse of the sunlight when i climbed upon this old fort and saw the stars and stripes waving in the breeze where more than three hundred years 
the Spanish emblem had terrorized the people, I thought of the mighty changes that the American flag had brought. That memorable day in 1898, when our own General Merritt met the Spanish Governor-General and arranged for the surrender of the city, was one of the greatest days in the history of the Orient. People in Manila slept but little that eventful night, for somehow they had gotten the idea that the coming morning would be their day of doom. When the sun arose, they hardly breathed. For a whole week they were afraid to venture from their homes. But there was no pillage, no plunder, and no bloodshed. When the amazed people found courage to venture out, their astonishment knew no bounds. It was almost too good to be true that American occupation meant the dawning of a new, and for them, a glorious day, and it is not surprising that such a report could be given, as Governor General Harrison submitted in 1919. Soon after he came from the Philippines, I heard Reverend Homer C. Stuntz recount many of his experiences there, and I will give a single one of those as memory recalls it. As bishop of the Methodist Church, he had been there about six months, when one day a fine-looking young Filipino came to his house and asked for a private interview. He insisted on having doors and windows closed, and blinds all down. Mr. Stuntz said he had no idea what the man wanted. When they were alone, with door locked, and with evidence of great agitation, the young man said, I have come many miles to see you, and ask you a question which means more to us Filipinos than any other question that I could ask. Mr. Stuntz said that, as yet, he had no idea what was troubling the man, until he continued, I want to know, sir, if it is now safe, the soldiers say it is, but I cannot believe it, to have a copy of the Protestant Bible in my house and read it to my family. Mr. Stuntz said the whole thing seemed so strange to him that he was silent for a moment, when the man continued, Sir, this is a very important question to us Filipinos. You know the law under which we have lived here is this. And, quoting from section 219 of the Penal Code of Spain in the Philippines, said, If any person or persons still preach or teach or otherwise maintain any doctrine or doctrines not established by the state, he shall be deemed guilty of a crime and shall be punished at the discretion of the judge. Then, to the amazement of Mr. Stuntz, the man continued, Under the operation of that law, my own father was dragged from our house, and we never saw him alive again. That was when I was eleven years old. I have supported my mother as best I could, and now I have a wife and two children. I want to know if it is safe. It was with a heart thrilling with pride that this great American took the young man to the window, and as he opened the blind and the window itself, and saw the stars and stripes proudly waving in the breeze, and with tears running down his face, said to him, 
my dear man as long as yonder flag waves over the city you may take the bible and climb up on the ridgeboard of your house at high noon each day three hundred and sixty-five days in the year and read it as loud as you can and no man shall harm you three months later mr stuntz went to that man's home city spoke from half-past seven until midnight announced that he would speak in the same building at six o'clock the next morning and an hour before the appointed time five hundred people were in line waiting to get in end of chapter two